This is Table Talk 19.875 from the gentlemen at Late Afternoon Gaming. Tonight, we're talking about pizza and peanut butter. Don't like it? Make your own podcast. But tell your friends about Late Afternoon Gaming before you do. Anyway, enjoy this round of Table Talk. Well, welcome back to another Not Session 20. Yeah, we're, we're edging. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> do it eventually. In my defense, I had both a very busy uh, couple of weeks at work, and I'm moving, so... I don't sure. I don't give a fuck about that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, um, the good news is that it gives us an excuse to visit the witch dimension. That's true. Um, also, because I have not actually published our previous table talk and session, nor have I even begun editing them yet, uh, <laughs> there's no ombudsman report, so... <laughs> okay, good. That's easy. Flawless again, as usual, Duncan. Uh-huh, yeah, that's, I think that's what happened. Thank you. The last one, I'm actually, I'm interested to listen to it, because normally, I've said it before, I do the editing right after we do the session, but I've spent my free time either not just, like, you know, doing random other things or preparing for the session that I'm running, uh, and so I have not taken the time to do the editing for the last one, but I am on vacation for the next two weeks, so I will have time to do the, uh the editing for both last one and this one probably in the next couple days wow i've never taken this much vacation uh in a row two whole weeks uh usually limited to just one so yeah it's uh <laughs> it's it's a new experience for me i assume yeah. i'm going to be very bored yeah it's been a while since i had like a long stretch of uh of days off and with the the new schedule that I'm going to be having in like a couple of months, we routinely get just one week off to reset the fatigue. It's it's going to be interesting oh, that's figuring awesome. out what to it it is awesome, but I'm going to have to figure out what to do with the time, you know. Yeah, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine recently that um I there's this expectation I think a lot of times that if you're taking time off that you've got to be like super productive with it. You got to go somewhere, you got to well, do X Y and Z. Something. I don't buy into that. I'm perfectly happy to sit around and do nothing sometimes. But if this is going to be happening often, I can't do that every time. Sure, but I think there's I think there's this pressure that you have to use all of your time like super efficiently or do something super interesting with it. And but I agree with your point. You know, you got to find that balance that's right for you. Um, but I no longer uh like, if someone's like, yeah, I'm taking vacation, I'm just going to sit at home and stare at a wall for two weeks. I'd be like, cool, man, if that's what you want to do, great. It's your time. You do what you want. I think, uh, who was it? I think it was uh, Astral Codex 10 recently. Uh, Scott put out, I-, I don't remember what the subject was, but he was talking about, like, how everyone has to be quirky and interesting now. And what are the hobbies that you can have that are meet, like, the minimum level of uh-huh. of interest and i think i think the example they use is rock climbing rock climbing yeah, is like the most I, boring thing sighed. that can still be considered interesting <laughs> i read that and i felt personally attacked right uh well what if i said i like hiking and traveling and also trying uh new foods oh. uh well it depends on where you're traveling to because a lot of people don't really travel ever i uh like to eat at different hard rock cafes in different countries now that's interesting yeah yeah, you know, it's when I went to Japan uh, the second time when I was in Kyoto, the area that we were staying in was, uh, uh, I mean, Kyoto is a pretty, pretty touristy area, 
but the area we were staying in, you know, I had obviously a lot of just like Japanese restaurants, Japanese food, and then there was a hard rock there. And all I could think of, and I know this kind of goes counter to what I was just saying, but like, who would come to Japan uh, and then be like, yeah, let's check out the hard rock. Let's eat there. I, I, I know people like that. I mean, I, I know people that, um, you know, may, maybe they wouldn't have ordinarily traveled to another. I guess that's my, I, this is what I don't know about them. I don't know if, you know, when they go on vacation, they don't go to foreign countries. But um, in this case, you know, it's we're in another country for work and they try to keep their diet as normal as possible. Um you know, so you're in Japan and they're trying to find like a cheeseburger somewhere and say, I, I've never understood that. Yeah. But uh, I also I mean, grew up in a house where we ate at almost exclusively the chain restaurants. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I happen to like Japanese food. Uh, I mean, I like most Asian cuisine, I think, but, um, or Southeast Asian cuisine. But like, I, again, I, I get it. Hey, if you know what you like, go for it. Um, and I, I do think it's kind of funny what you just said, like, oh, I'm going to go on vacation, but it's be somewhere in the same country that I already live in. Um, you know, we're all Americans. America's a big place and there's a lot going on in it, but I yeah, kind no. of agree with you where... Don't don't get me wrong. I, I am not poo-pooing going on vacation in the same country. That's not what I meant. What I meant was, I don't... I, you know, in the context in which I saw them eating American food abroad, we were not abroad on vacation. We were abroad at work. And so I don't know if they generally avoid going abroad and when they do, it makes them uncomfortable or if they seek out going abroad. But even when they do, they try to keep their life as American as possible. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Fair point. Um, I, yeah, I mean, typically when I vacation, I stay inside the country because I'm not rich. Right. Um, I will say... Having now lived in uh, another country for a long time, I'm not saying all countries are like this, but one of the things that I'm growing to appreciate more about America in general is that, um, and for all our vast amount of foreign listeners, go ahead and correct me uh, via email or the subreddit if I'm wrong here. But uh, if you go to an American city, you're going to find cuisine from all over the world, tons of it. Uh, Like no matter what you're looking for, you'll find it. Um, varying levels of authenticity, but there's like a ton of variety. Most of the other countries that I have lived in or visited, you've got mostly, almost, not exclusively, but like let's say 75% of all the food is like whatever the traditional food of that country is. And then you've got like a smattering of maybe you've got like an Italian place and then you've got a bunch of American cuisine places. And then that's it. It can be like really difficult to find a lot of variety, Um, which if you're just visiting, that's fine because you're probably going to want to eat the local fare anyway. But if you're there for a long time and you're like, man, I I haven't had German food in five years. Is there a German food place? Nope, not in the entire country. Uh, So that's one of the things that I've grown to appreciate about America, especially cities, uh, is that you can find absolutely any kind of food there. uh, I wonder where that is too. Because it's not like, you know, America's trying to fill a vacuum like it doesn't have its own food. Um, well, I've heard you know, a lot of people does... tell me that America has no culture, so you're uh, you're wrong. Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind that. And and I think, uh, it, and, and this is likely true to a degree in other places as well, but America almost has like two levels of American food. It has like, I think, food that people would typically classify as American, like your typical 
um, you know, American style hot dogs, hamburgers, uh, you know, pizza, that those sorts of things that are like sufficiently different from their original origins or they're like even, you know, I think wholesale American adventures. Like I want to say the hamburger as we understand it now is like, a, that's an American thing. Um, but there's also another dimension of American food, which is the like American misunderstandings of foreign food, like Tex-Mex. Right, the Americanized um, versions of foreign food. Right, and, and like me, I prefer Tex-Mex over like more genuine Mexican food. I agree. Um, I, they're, they're two very different categories, and I am a big Tex-Mex fan. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I love Americanized versions of <laughs> uh, foreign foods. And yeah, I, I would totally agree that that is yeah, the, the second tier uh, yeah. on the the or second dimension of american foods and i think that's awesome um i i do agree somewhat uh jack with your like joke criticism of america of, like well america has no culture um i but that's that's what creates that second tier of food uh which i would say is probably bigger than you know the just standard american tier um like there's more americanized versions of foreign food than just Stuff that I would consider just straight up American, but I love those foods and they're great. Uh, and I, I don't know, I'm fine with that. I love it. I love American Italian food. I love American Chinese food. I love, you know, American German food. Whatever. I love it all. <laughs> uh, it's great. I actually had a, a funny food conversation with some coworkers today. Um, one of my coworkers was describing um, that he said when he was growing up, his parents always uh, significantly overcooked steak. And so he didn't even realize until he was like in his teens or maybe he was older than that, like once he got off on his own effectively that steak could actually, like beef could actually be very tasty. Um, oh, you didn't have to eat charcoal bricks? Right, right. And uh, so we were talking about that because a lot of people do that with pork and, and the temperature at which people have believed it's acceptable to cook pork to in order for it to be safe has that temperature has lowered over the years um and so you know a lot of people don't like pork chops because they grew up eating you know tough pieces of shoe leather and didn't understand why anyone would want to eat that i am one of those people yeah, yeah, I, I'm one of those people as well, and uh, you know, and I, I was relating a funny story where, like, or a, a, I guess, I was echoing what he was saying because I also grew up where, uh, you know, both my mom and my dad really wanted, um, or in, insisted on overcooking beef, um, and so despite steak being like not a delicacy, I don't want to exaggerate it, but you know, it was like. That was nice. It was something that my dad clearly looked forward to. But when he would make it, it just wasn't very good. Like, I didn't understand what all the fuss was about. Um, and then when I got older and I started ordering, like, incrementally rarer um, meat, I realized, like, oh, this is great. I love this. And I really, like, what my dad is doing is ruining it. Um, but he spends a lot of money on nice grilling equipment in order to produce terrible steaks. Um, yeah. Well, I think I think his problem is uh when we're talking about your dad in particular, he is a charcoal grilling man. Um but he he doesn't have like the finesse I think required to 
like do it correctly, like to manage the temperature and everything. When you're doing stuff with propane, it's pretty easy. Um, and you can, you can manage it very well with charcoal. It's not that hard, but it does require a little more management. So um, I, I, I think there, that, that may be part of it. I think part of it is, um, I, I, I think part of it is just a, an utter lack of experimentation. Yes. Um, like he, he wants to make the same thing every time. So even when I am hanging out with him and he wants to grill, he'll ask me, how do you want your steak done? And I'll say, I want it rare. Uh, and he'll say, uh, oh, okay. Um, and he'll he'll make it well done. And then he'll ask me totally, you know, totally innocently, like, oh, how, how's your steak? Do you, you know, is it, is it good? Do you like it? And I, I, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> it's th- great. Th- thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's well, it's, you know, well, a minimum, <laughs> maybe well done. Uh-huh. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's one of those things that I, I don't get. It's like investing hundreds of dollars into a really sophisticated, like coffee setup. And then going to the cheapest grocery store next to your house and buying like a tub of pre-ground, you know, Folgers coffee. Yeah, Yeah, right. And it's, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. I will say on the note of pork. So I I was, as the kids say these days, I was now years old until, uh, (laughs) until I found out that you didn't have to cook pork all the way. I guess I just, I don't eat that much pork. Wait, really? I didn't know that either. Yeah. So I also grew up with you know when i don't think i had pork chops very often but when we did obviously it was very well done well compounding that issue was when i was very young up until i got braces uh i had an issue with my teeth where they weren't uneven or crooked or anything they were just misaligned so um sort of like uh i think tom cruise has the same problem uh where if you look at his teeth like they're like i don't know a half a centimeter too far to the left or right um and they're offset from his bottom teeth um so it's not like a big problem but it would cause me problems chewing with some Mm. things and so the thing that i really struggled with was pork chops for whatever reason where i would have to chew it for like minutes um like anything that was sufficiently like gummy i guess i would have a problem with but pork chops in particular i remember really struggling with eating because of the like misalignment of my teeth and how it caused me to i don't know not chew very efficiently sure uh and so i just i grew up to just not really like pork chops that much i got braces and i'm fine now but um now i'm kind of curious about pork uh and other ways i could cook it i haven't i can't remember the last time i've done anything cooking pork except doing like pulled pork i do quite like it yeah yeah I don't That's know. Funny. I, I, mean, I always assumed that pork was like like chicken, where you got to cook it all the way. So I guess I well, in theory, you don't even have to do it with chicken, right? Well, you're supposed Isn't to heat it up to like 170 degrees for like there's a minimum temperature you got to get the two in it, and if you do that, it's like it's cooked. Like you don't you don't eat medium rare chicken. I don't think that's a thing. Well, I so think pl- you'll get you're- sick. You're largely correct. Yeah, I mean, there, there is a minimum temperature that these meats need to be raised to, and we can look out what those are for different meats. But um, a lot of this depends on the cooking method. So, you know, any, anything where you're cooking on a hot surface, you're inevitably going to cook the outside of whatever you're, you know, more than the inside, because that's just how the heat's going to radiate. And, um, you know, with with more and more people using stuff like sous vide, 
you can have, I mean, you can reliably cook something to the degree limit and no further and have a uniform, you know, cooking profile throughout whatever you're, you're working on. Um, and so I, you know, what a lot of people do is with steak, you, you put it in the sous vide and if you want a medium rare steak, it's, I can't remember what it was, 133 degrees or 129 degrees or something like that. And you leave it there for a couple of hours and now the whole thing is 129 degrees. It's cooked. The whole steak is medium rare and it looks silly because it looks, it's just the whole thing is pink, including the outside. And so you just sear the outside and that's it. Um, and you have like a really tender piece of meat that is only as cooked as you want it to be. Um, whereas with, you know, older methods, you're, you are sometimes burning the outside to get the interior fully cooked. Yeah. And maybe it's just, you know, my, it just being a foreign concept to me. Like I, if I'm thinking about something like chicken, like raw chicken does not look good. Yeah. Whereas cooked chicken does like a raw steak looks tasty to me. Sure. Um, <laughs> where it's like, man, if I could just eat it like that, I might uh, maybe yeah. get it a little warm first. But like raw chicken, it's like this weird translucent. <laughs> like it looks yeah. gross. I don't. I don't want to eat chicken that isn't cooked. Now again, this might just be because, uh, like, I don't understand it. Sure. And much like many people who look at a steak and see any pink in it, are grossed out by it. So yeah, and I mean to be clear, I don't think my parents were. Like, well, I know I have to cook this to 150 degrees to be safe, but, you know, and we're going to try to edge it. And, and then they would go, oh, I took it to 200. Oh, well, like, you know, I, I don't think that's what was happening. I think sure. they thought that a properly cooked steak is, you know, has has a fair amount of black on the outside. Um, and it has, has, you know, very little, if any, pink in the middle. And that's that means it's done. And that if any juice comes out of it, that's blood and that's that's unhealthy. And so... You don't you don't want fluid coming out of the steak when you cut it. And, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, Boy, that, you, wouldn't that be the worst? Yeah, you you want to dry you want to dry it out. Um, you know, and I think that's probably how they grew up eating, and that's how they fed me. But well, when you burn the outside, that really it seals in the flavor that you know none of the flavor can get out. Uh, you know it's yeah. done or it's good because you can't chew the outside anymore. That's how you know the flavor stayed sealed in. Yeah. What's, also, you gotta pat down your burgers. Oh, I yeah. hate that. Oh, hate pat that. patting the grease off. Yeah, you want to get that, all that flavor just into the into the coals and let it all just float yeah. away. I think the only food I will like actually pat down is if I'm eating like a particularly greasy slice of New York style pizza. Sure. Yeah, but that's already cooked. Uh, that that's like a separate thing going on there. Sure. Yeah, um, you go to you go to your mall food court and get a slice of Sbarro. Right, and that's I mean that's a case <laughs> of like I just don't want to get dripped on. Um, it's not it's not that I don't want to eat it; it's that I don't want it getting on me. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of pizza, uh, this is a subject that comes up relatively frequently, and I just want to make my opinion known uh, publicly for the world. Uh, I was talking about it with some guys at work this week, and uh, I I quite like pizza. It's it's always been one of my favorite foods. I don't think that's a terribly unpopular stance. Um, New York style pizza, of course. But I, <laughs> at a previous workplace, um, I had a guy who, uh, whenever he was hosting some sort of like uh, lunchtime talk, conference, whatever, he would always go out and get a bunch of Little Caesars pizzas for, 
you know, uh, the, to feed the amount of people that he expected to attend. I've, I've mm. never liked Little Caesars. Yeah, and I, I just find that to be, like, so insulting to the people that are going to be there that you're like, yeah, don't worry, there's going to be pizza there. And then they get there and it's Little Caesars. I, like, I, I think that's a little too far. Like, Little Caesars exists because it's the cheapest fucking pizza you can buy. And it's not good pizza, but it is still pizza. Um... So I'm, I'm exaggerating for comedic effect, but my problem with what he was doing was there was another really great pizza joint. Um, you may remember, uh, what was it, Boston's Pizza? Boy, do I. So there was a, a similar, like the same kind of joint was over by my workplace. And uh, Are you an old man now? Is that why you're saying joint so much? With, so uh, more recently, there's a place I lived where the local pizza joint was literally just called the pizza joint. Now I've been calling the pizza joint ever since, mm. but... Because there's a um, pizza joint right next to the malt shop that I go to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, the thing is, was that pizza more expensive? Yes. But they were also gigantic and really good. So, if you did the math, even just by, like, volume of pizza to dollar ratio, it really wasn't that much more expensive to go to this other place. And the quality was, like, not even close. Uh, so my my complaint was that if you're going to go to Little Caesars because it's cheap, but you're buying more than one pizza, you might as well go somewhere else where you're going to get a bigger pizza See, for your dollar. Here's where I'm going to push back. Was, uh, was this dude married with kids? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's it. It doesn't matter if the other pizza's high quality. This one's cheaper. <laughs> so, okay. I, yeah, mean, I, I can speak to that I, if sure. you need to. Yeah. It immediately becomes more attractive because it's cheaper. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I, and I, I hear what you are saying, Shepard, that like the, the math checks out here, just buy the better pizza. Like, you know, when you calculate the area or the volume or the mass or whatever, whatever kind of calculation you were doing over there with your calipers and your scales. Um, all my phrenology equipment that I use. Right, right yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> you know, I hope you wiped it off before you did any phrenology, but um, <laughs> no, no, no. There's some greasy heads walking out of my yeah. office. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I, what I do know is the dudes that I know that are married with kids have to, or I don't want to say have to, cause it's not true, but they, they do pay for all kinds of, um, like silly bullshit, but creature comforts are for like them and their buddies and their coworkers are not one of them. Um, so uh, I mean, like, and you, you will see this if you know anyone who's in the process of having a kid that they all of a sudden acquire like tons and tons of baby stuff. And I'm convinced that a lot of it is it's like buying cat toys where like you can buy a cat tree, you can buy like balls for the cat and toy mice and stuff like that. And, you know, some of it, maybe it'll play with some of it. It won't, but it's a cat and it doesn't really understand anything. What the cat really wants is like a paper bag or a cardboard box um, because it's it's a cat. Um, but it's not going to stop, you know, a cat owner from spending hundreds of dollars on on like stuff for the cat. Yeah. Well, but in theory with a cat, you know, assuming that that thing lasts a while, the cat will remain interested in that thing for a long time. Babies don't remain babies for very long, whereas cats remain cats their entire life. Well, but that, I mean, that actually just compounds the problem because 
if you are inclined to buy a lot of baby things, then you're probably also inclined to buy a lot of toddler things. Right, that's and what I'm saying. Young the solution child, yeah, is, right. once your baby outgrows the baby stuff and gets into the toddler phase, you just have another baby. So that's smart. That, way, that yeah. way you get the return on investment. No, but that's that's the thing. If I, I think there's a, another another kind of aspect here where if you are inclined to overpurchase for your kid, then you're probably also inclined to want to keep up with what is fashionable for the kid to have. And so, like, if, if you're being frugal and you're like, my baby needs some amount of clothes, but it doesn't really matter what it looks like because it's a baby, then if you have another baby, you're likely to use those clothes again. If the baby is... If you have the baby and you use the baby as an excuse to go on a spree and buy all kinds of baby stuff, then the next time you have a baby, you're going to do it again. And then so, wonder why, uh, man, I just don't have any money left over for good but, pizza. But, but, I have to buy the what, Caesars all the time. What now. I'm telling you is like, I know dudes that make considerably more money than me and their wives work and they have, you know, a kid or two kids or whatever. And it's as if... Yeah, they, they, they don't have two nickels to rub together. Um, you know, things that I would not think about, like going to a vending machine or like going to the little snack shop downstairs at my office and like, you know, buying something. Like, the, I, I don't think about that. I don't like account for it. It's a blip. Um, but for them, like, oh, no, you know, I, I got to make I have to buy all my snacks at Costco. Because, you know, i got to be as efficient as humanly possible. Why? Because all that money is so they can buy a new minivan every two years so they can fill it up with orange slices and soccer balls. Um, it's, a, it's a totally different calculus, is what I'm saying. Yeah. What you were saying earlier about sort of making all of these uh, sacrifices that don't necessarily make a lot of sense, it reminds me, you, Duncan, bought me a book, this is many years ago, called Predictably Irrational. Uh, hmm. which is just like a primer on some interesting things about behavioral economics. I assume you had read that book at some point. I, I don't remember. Okay, I may well, not have, but I, I'm sure I saw it on like a list and got it for you. Sure. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty fun book, but one of the things in it that uh, this conversation reminded me of is um, the way I would summarize like, economics is like, oh, the the study of how a rational actor operates in a marketplace behavioral economics is like why don't we act rationally in a, well, <laughs> in a marketplace? well i mean the behavioral economics is the marriage of like behavioral theory and economics it's like a we right. know they're not rational actors so you know let's apply what we know about real human behavior to economics right which i think is what i just said um no. So one of the the way the book is structured is there's a bunch basically it'll say hey here's a premise of economic theory you know people should act this way all right here's an experiment we did that shows that they don't uh you know mm -hmm. let's explore why that would be the case one of them was talking about the value of something being free um mm. so the way the experiment worked in short is you know on day one you know someone's got like a chocolate stand and they're selling uh one kind of chocolate for a quarter a piece and another chocolate for a dollar a piece and they see how many people buy how many of each kind and then the next day they reduce all of those prices by 25 cents so one of them is free and then the other one which is better uh now costs 75 cents so they've decreased the price of both by the same amount so in theory the demand shouldn't shift according to like basic economics 
Sure. Uh, but of course, that's not what happens. And, you know, people get all like the shitty free chocolate they can. Um, and they forego the better chocolate that's still very cheap. See, um, I, would, I would think there would be a competing effect once you make it free where I would become suspicious. Uh, maybe. Uh, like, sure. you know, if some guy starts offering me free chocolate. Now I'm wondering why. <laughs> sure. Um, um, but that, well, that's not what they found. They found that people sure. almost exclusively pick the free one. Um, well, maybe I'm paranoid, but. Yeah. And so their, their conclusion was that, you know, when you, it comes to pricing things, free is not just a price of zero. It, it like, you know, people will forego a lot of things in order to get something that's free or even end up spending more money, um, somehow in order to get sure. something that is free because free just is so tantalizing. Well, um, I mean, there, there are, whole stores that are based on not exactly what you're describing but you know taking advantage of people's you know people's willingness to bend over backwards for deals um, right like I, yeah, I want to say it was JC kind of Penny um, that famously you know they they had kind of a traditional setup where at any given time like you know half of the stuff is being sold at an inflated price but on sale um you know, to, to net down to whatever act, the actual selling price is. Um, and right, which there are laws about that, I believe, where, like, you can't just immediately say, hey, this is $25, but it's half off. Like, sure, it has to actually be illegal. sold for that price for some amount of time. And, and maybe they have it on some kind of rolling schedule, you know, where for the first six months of this product's life, it's going to be sold at one price, and then it's going to go on sale. But it's always built in, and they always have some amount of their inventory on sale, and that's what drives their business. I don't know exactly how it works, but they they tried to shift at one point to like an honest pricing model um, where they, they just said, you know, okay, no bullshit. We're just going to tell everybody exactly how everything costs, and it fucking killed them. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm I'm probably getting a couple of details of the story wrong, and it may not have been J.C. Penney. So you know, don't don't quote me on any of that. But it, it, like, that's a well known. And, and I've known people who, you know, if they see something that's on sale, even if it's something they don't even like, they will like they're drawn to it. Well, that's one of the tropes about like Black Friday shopping, isn't it? Where people will go out there and kill each other over deals for things that they may not even want or need but things that weren't even on their radar before they went to the store right i have a 65 inch tv but they're selling 75 inch tvs for half off right now so i i better beat you to death so i can get one yeah i don't know the the black the black friday stuff is really ugly um i've never been black friday shopping Uh, i i mean i guess i'm i'm a little curious about it like maybe i should try once just to see what it's like but i've I don't think I've ever remembered on Thanksgiving that the next day is Black Friday. And so I always, like, read about Black Friday on Black Friday, like, you know, around lunchtime. Um, and I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, this is uh, it's too late now. See, I'm a digital man living in the digital age. I take advantage of Black Friday deals online. Uh, hmm. Or Cyber Monday deals. the comfort and safety of your own home. Yeah. yeah. Right. I don't need to go out and fight people over shit that I don't want or need. I also... I- I don't have a lot of stuff that I need, so very rarely do I find myself, you know, like, seeking out things these days. I've just, I've got everything. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm, I'm attempting to downsize. I, like, I guess I'm just not as interested in gadgets as I used to be. I used to love that stuff. Um, and I really wanted to have, like, a very current cell phone, and, you know, I was more concerned with things like consoles and stuff like that, and that's not... I don't know. I'm, I'm just not that interested anymore. 
I know the only consoles you own these days are the ones that I've bought you. That's true. I have, I have like, I think, at least two generations of consoles that you've bought me at this point. Yeah, because um, I bought I bought you a PS4 Pro because I wanted you to play God of War. Um, and in fact, I got you the God of War edition. And then uh, you played it for a little bit and decided it wasn't for you, which is fine. Uh, but then you had a PS4. And then I bought you a PS5 so we could well, play Demon's Souls. Well, hold on. Let's, let's back up a little bit. We did play together a lot on that PS4. It's not like I played God of War for half an hour and said, I don't really like it. And then he just collected dust. No, but the purpose for which I... Or the reason why I got it for you did not end up being, like, significant in terms of playtime. Uh, I guess it's a stupid way to put it. I I bought it specifically so you could play God of War because I thought you'd really enjoy it. And you didn't, but then you played other things and enjoyed them instead. Yeah, much of them with you. I sure. just want to make it well, clear. And, listen, and I'm not I, an asshole, listeners. Listen, and I also... It, when I buy something for someone like that, or like the PS5... I, I bought you guys a PS5 so we could play Demon's Souls together. Um, and then we did for a little bit, and then it was over. I don't feel like anybody owes me anything when I give them a gift. I would like them to use it for the thing that I, I bought it. For the reason for which I bought it. Mm. But if they don't, I it's, I don't like grumble about it or ask for it back or anything. Uh, that's, Listeners, what, that's, what really happened was we started that's playing the price you pay when you Yeah. That's we started true. playing Elden Ring on PS5, and, and Shepard complained that it didn't come with an easy mode, and that it was too hard, and it was interrupting his ability to enjoy the story, and so he just couldn't handle it. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> one thing I no, will what actually <laughs> what actually happened was I beat it very quickly, and I was tapping my feet waiting for my uh, my friends to yeah, get Unfortunately, there. I, was, I was gainfully employed at the time, and so I could only play eight hours a day. But mm-hmm, Right. I am employed, listeners. <laughs> There's a lot of guys. I'm not. I'm not a loser going on. <laughs> listen, guys. Listen, listen. I know what I just said is that I'm a uh-huh. fucking loser. But listen. Yeah. But at least I don't eat Little Caesars like you heathens out there. I don't eat Little Caesars. I I don't think I've had Little Caesars since college. You know what I, I saw for the first time in a long time. Speaking of pizza, actually, I didn't see it, so I I can't claim that. I did smell it though, and I knew what it was. Um, I uh, I was at work, and I could. Somebody was. Uh, somebody had a French bread pizza in the toaster oven. Oh yeah. Ooh, oh no. Yeah. French bread, dude. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah. So I. I uh, I'll tell you what. Like I, I. I. I get irritated when people have like what I think are bad smelling foods, which is a totally subjective and you know maybe a nonsensical rule to have in a workplace. But you know, like I don't want people like heating up fish in the microwave. Um. Especially if they're gonna like throw it out at work, because then you just have to deal with it. Um, but French bread pizza—that might be even worse, because then the whole place just smells like French bread pizza, and I don't have a French bread pizza, and there's no way for me to obtain one in the office. That, uh, yeah, that is a pickle for sure. That, that cut me pretty deep. So that's why I really like to uh, bring in my homemade curry to the office and cook it there. Because it, sm- it smells so good. Uh, and everyone, you know, a lot of times when you're around the office and somebody cooks something, you know, people smell it like, hey, who's got something that smells good? What is that? Um, and this, like, you can smell it from a mile away. Has and it gotten it to is- the point where they just know at this point? Like, they smell it and they're like, God damn it, Shepard. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I did it more in my old office than this one. Uh, but... But yeah, and man, my curry was very popular. I think I've said it before. My curry won second prize in a chili cook-off. Mm-hmm. Didn't you say you defeated somebody who was Indian? 
Like there was an Indian no, coworker no. of yours, and oh, why was I thinking there was some weird upset where like you got to rub it in someone's face who should have won? Maybe because uh, it's a different story. I, I mean, I beat my boss who cooked chili. Um, mm. Yeah, no, that's. I'm gonna be honest. I, I if you else. if you beat me in a chili cooking contest and I cook chili and you make curry, I'd be I'd be pissed. Yeah, um, because uh, that seems like a violation of the rules. Yeah, or or it's. Uh, you know, you just really suck at cooking chili. No, I did have this one coworker because I think there were like there were like twenty or so entrants into it. It was like actually a pretty good at work chili cookoff. Um, we uh, he had been bragging like all week about how good his homemade chili was and how it's gonna blow our minds. Um, one of my coworkers, she literally just like got some Hormel chili or whatever, and threw it in a crock pot, and that's it. She put no work at all into it. <laughs> Her chili beat his. Nice, <laughs> um, embarrassing. Where oh. I mean, she didn't get barely any votes, uh, but he got like like two votes out of the, you know, however hundred votes or so total that went into it, maybe more. Uh, and he was like totally devastated. We were all just destroying him over his shit chili. It wasn't bad. It was just totally unremarkable. Uh, I think some people also figured out which one was his and then made sure they didn't vote for it because he'd been talking so much smack. Hmm. But good times, yeah. And I will say on the on the pizza thing, I am not particularly like snooty about pizza. I'll eat Domino's or Papa John's or whatever any day. Love it. Love me some French bread pizza. I'll eat a <laughs> pizza hot pocket. You know, whatever. There's so much good pizza out there and like decent pizza for a low price. That's what I find so inexcusable about Little Caesars is that it's really not that much cheaper See, than I guess other I... stuff, but it's so much worse. I almost feel about Little Caesars the same way I feel about, like, Tex-Mex, where, like, shitty pizza is almost just its own category of pizza that I can kind of appreciate in a particular context. Um, like, the, the so the only pizza I really can't... Well, there are two types of pizza that I can't stand. Number one is fucking burnt pizza. Sure. Um, I don't want pizza to have, like, any black on it. Um, number two is buffalo, buffalo chicken pizza. Or barbecue chicken pizza. Ugh, yeah. Um, barbecue chicken pizza is, a, is, is revolting. Um, and I remember... I remember... I, I, I must have been a kid. And I just didn't... It never occurred to me that someone would try to trick me and put barbecue sauce on the pizza. Because um, it's the real <laughs> crime. is It's hiding under the cheese and you don't yep. even know. Um, and I... You know, it was just... Ugh, like, a, I, I don't know. I, I, I like chicken. I like barbecue sauce in moderation, but barbecue chicken pizza is a, an unholy marriage, um, and uh, and I think marriage is sacred. <laughs> My main problem with barbecue chicken pizza is, much like with everything barbecue to me, most barbecue sauce is just way too sweet because it's basically nothing but sugar. Yes, um, I agree and with that. I, like, I wish it wasn't. Um, it's too... Sometimes it's too tangy, but honestly, that doesn't really bother me too much. It's the sweetness. I like it needs to cool it. When I'm eating meat, whether it's chicken or beef or you know whatever pork we're putting this barbecue sauce on, I don't yeah. want it to be sweet. I want it to be savory or salty. Um, well, and, and the, I, the sweetness I don't want is it just so overpowering. Pretty much any food I eat that has sauce, I don't want. I don't want the food slathered in the sauce. I don't want it dripping all over the place. Like I, a glaze is one thing. Um, but like ribs, I generally, I generally prefer a good dry rub on ribs more than um, 
more than barbecue sauce because my experience has been barbecue sauce is almost always over applied. Right. And if it was if it was done more conservatively, then I, I think I would probably be more on board. I've always preferred dry rub just because having anything that's super saucy when you have a beard is awful. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Now what about buffalo chicken pizza? Is that a um, thing or did I It's oh, oh that's a thing. Um I, I definitely like, like buffalo chicken more than barbecue chicken. Uh, yeah. It, I, w- I would say ranch on pizza is also another big no-no for me. Yeah, that's yeah, I, I'd agree. Oh, with but that you know what? Too. I knew people who used to dip pizza in mayonnaise. I thought that's like a Japanese thing, isn't it? Is, is it? I don't. I don't know. But that's. I think that's even worse than ranch. And the ranch thing already makes me want to throw up a little bit. I, I remember. I so I used to work at a Mexican restaurant, and it was you know not like a nice Mexican restaurant. It was a kind of you know Moe's ripoff kind of place. And um, I, I've since turned around on this. Like, I don't mind ranch anymore. But at the time, I thought ranch was really gross. And there was this particular um, sauce. And it was, like, far and away the most popular sauce there. It was Chipotle Ranch. And it was it was just, like, a big... Um, I want to say it was, like, a two-gallon, like, tub of ranch that you would pour into this big blender and a can of chipotle peppers and you just blend it up and fill a bunch of bottles with it and dealing with ranch in that quantity just made it like that much more disgusting um and i don't know like people would come in and they would get so much chipotle ranch it blew my mind i thought it was just the nastiest stuff i don't even know i don't know what ranch is like i don't know what it's made of isn't it uh uh, actually, that's a good question. I was gonna say something, but then I realized it was actually that was talking about mayonnaise. I don't know what ranch is made of. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure. And and like I said, I I, I don't mind ranch anymore. But at the time, um, I, I thought it was really repulsive. And what was funny though is, I mean, ranch is like all fat. It's it's uh, yeah, is is definitely as sauces go, like not one of the better ones for you. And people would come in. And they'd say, oh, you know, I'm going to be good today. I'm going to get a salad or I'm going to get a rice bowl or something like that. And then they would make pretty good choices. You know, they'd get like a chicken salad and they'd get some veggies on it. And then I'd say, you know, would you like one of our sauces? And I'd point at them and they'd say, oh, yeah, I'll have the Chipotle ranch. And I'd put a little bit on and. No, I bet they said, I, I'd like the Chipotle Ranch. And they, yeah, I'd, I'd like the Chipotle Ranch. And then uh, they'd be, oh, oh, a little more than that. I'm like, okay. And I'd, I'd like, you know, do the same thing again. And they go, you know what, I'll just tell you when. And I would squeeze out <laughs> fucking half a bottle of this shit on there. And it's, you know, this is, this is just added hundreds of calories to the meal. This is so much fat. Uh, and they go, oh, that's, that's good. I'm like, okay. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking up ranch dressing. So for the most part, it looks like it's sour cream, uh, buttermilk, mayonnaise, uh, and then uh, just like some spices and okay. stuff that you throw in there. I don't know. See, what, what, like, all of that sounds fine to me. There's something about mayonnaise that I continue to find, like, uniquely disgusting. And I, I, I grew up in a dry house. You know, we didn't use a lot of condiments. So... I, you know, I, I, I acknowledge that I'm the oddball there. You know, I did not grow up having mayonnaise put on my sandwiches and stuff like that. But I, uh, yeah, having like a wet sandwich, it's got. You're not fucking, a peanut butter and mayonnaise kind of guy. I'm not a peanut butter and mayonnaise kind of guy. Weird. Um, 
I, I like almost, I will never buy like pre-made wraps for that reason, because I know there's going to be fucking mayonnaise hiding inside of there. Um, and it's, it's my, the number one thing, thing I watch out I, for if I order like a sandwich or a, a burger in a restaurant, because they're, they're going to try to sneak it in on me. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that's like the, that's the thing whenever I order a sandwich somewhere, like that's, if I'm making any customizations to an order, it's usually limited to no mayonnaise. And I think they think I'm joking or something because they go, oh, okay, no mayonnaise. But then they're like, nah. I mean, obviously he does want mayonnaise though. And then they right. continue to put mayonnaise on it. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is it's it's one of those things that if there's mayonnaise on, I, I'm like, I, I don't want to eat it anymore. Um, and and it, it is ruined now. It's not like if I said, I don't want lettuce and it, the burger comes out with lettuce on it where I can remove it. And it's like, it was never there to, to begin with. Um, you know, like this is something that is seeped into the bun. Like that, that that's it. I don't want to have it anyway. And I like, that's, I'm not a picky eater. Um, but that is probably like my number one finicky thing is I, I just really don't want mayonnaise on anything except I guess mayonnaise is mixed into some stuff that I eat like tuna and, and stuff like that. And I, or potato salad and I don't mind it much. Um, but yeah, ha- having it, like on bread, I don't even know what it's doing there. Some kind of sandwich lubricant or something. I don't need that. Yeah, I was never. Um, I'm also not a sauce guy, like taste wise. But even even like ketchup, I never liked ketchup. See, I'm a hot sauce guy. Like hot that's sauce, uh, I can do. hot sauce. So- but I, I will overuse hot sauce, and I don't mean like I make everything I eat swim in hot sauce. But like I I think I pretty much use hot sauce the way that ketchup is normally used. Like I like to dip my fries in it, and I'll get that on a burger and, and that yeah, kind I can of stuff. See that. Like that that would work because the thing the thing that I don't like about ketchup is it's not a very interesting flavor. Like it, it makes your food like wet and slimy for kind of a shit flavor. Hot sauce is a lot more interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Although I would say it's different for me in that, um, like mayonnaise, I think is gross. Like may- mayonnaise, I I don't. I don't want to eat mayonnaise. I I don't mind ketchup. I would just I just don't care for it. You know, See, like he, a, the main problem with ketchup. You guys can be surprised to hear me say this: is that most if you're just buying like you know your Heinz or your Hunts or whatever, guess what? There's a ton of in sugar, it? sugar, mm. <laughs> and it it's totally bizarre to me because um, I've made my own ketchup a few times, and then you can also buy sugar-free ketchup, and it tastes totally fine. I would argue it tastes much better. Um, and I like the I, consistency better. I don't doubt that. Like, yeah, the, the sweetness is, is, I don't want to say overwhelming, but if it were more, less sweet, I, I, I can imagine myself liking more because I, I really like tomatoes. Right. Um, I've really grown to love tomatoes the older I get. Uh, and I, I think it really, when you've got good ketchup, I think it does add something. Yeah. But when you're just like, oh, there's, you know, this pile of sugar with some tomato droppings in it and I'll just throw that on stuff. Now, now. Uh, it's funny Sugar that we're talking about <laughs> sauces and spreads. I actually tried Vegemite for the first time today. Um, and? And, uh, well, I, I should caveat that. So I, I, I have, um, I was working with some, like, Australian partners today. And they, so they brought over a lot of Australian stuff. And, you know, Vegemite is something that they know, like, will get a reaction out of people. Um and it wasn't what I was expecting because it, it's it Vegemite is like a very savory spread. It's not 
you know, you think of it as like maybe kind of a peanut butter replacement. It's not sweet. It's not like it's used in some of the same context, but it's it's not meant to be like at all similar to peanut butter. It, it's it's like it's almost kind of like beer or bread. It's like some it's like a fermented. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I didn't have like Vegemite proper. They gave me some kind of like Vegemite chips. Um, They're pretty good though. Um, yeah, but it's it's very strong. Um, and so I guess that's, that's what they said gets a lot of people is if, you know, if they, if the person doesn't know any better and they try to slather it on something like it's butter or peanut butter, then it's a, it's a shock. Yeah. No, I definitely had grown up hearing that Vegemite was the Australian peanut butter. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure it is used in some similar context, but yeah, the first time I tried it, uh, I was like, this is like, I don't know why people compare this to peanut butter. This has nothing to do with it. Sure. Something I was trying to find recently, uh, I very much like peanut butter, but um, where I am at doesn't have like a great selection, and the all the stuff here, I mean, it's your normal Jif and Skippy and whatever. Yeah. I like the PB2 and, stuff, the, the dehydrated stuff. Well, so I've heard that doing the, the dehydrator to the peanut butter powder is a lot better mm-hmm. um, in terms of nutrients, because there's, again, there's just a ton of added sugar and just a bunch of added oils and bullshit and your normal peanut butter that just don't yeah. really do anything for you. Yeah, I use and, PB2 uh, in my, like, if I'm making a smoothie, yeah, just drop some of that in there. It's so, because the, the downside of PB2, it's dehydrated. If you want to use it as peanut butter, you got to, like, add water to it, but it ends up as, like, shitty peanut butter. The texture is just not good, but the flavor I, I is there. I think if you're careful about how much water you add, the texture's fine. Yeah, but, but it's it, it's like you gotta be you gotta you have to be careful with it. But if you're using it in the right. smoothie, it doesn't matter. You just yes, dump it I, I in agree there with all that. Perfect. So yeah, I and, love and that there are some smoothies. good varieties of it. You can get like the chocolate PB two and um yeah, where I'm at only yeah. carries the normal like it's just peanut butter. But I I oh, did sure. look and see that there are um well I feel like I looked online and I only saw chocolate. Do they have other stuff as well? I think I've only seen regular and chocolate but there, there might be more out there and and like i mean mm. pb2 is a brand i'm sure there are other companies that make dehydrated peanut butter but i know i i was trying to do keto a while back and i wanted i you know i wanted something like peanut butter and peanut butter itself was not an option um and and pb2 fit the bill yeah i i feel like i'm sort of becoming one of those like organic food people things only because i'm trying to i'm not necessarily trying to avoid sugar i'm just trying to avoid extra sugar like unnecessary sugar and stuff Mm. and uh and so i've started just trying to figure out how to make things for myself i made my own bread the other day it actually turned out pretty good Mm. um and so i'm like i'm like oh how do i how do i make how would i make my own peanut butter if you just hand me a bunch of peanuts how do i turn that into peanut butter see Um, nerf is doing paleo right now so could, nerf could you talk about that oh yeah um you know it's uh it's the fred flintstone diet i only eat uh gosh what are those it's called fruit the fruity pebbles that's what it's called oh dude i love fruity uh, pebbles. i'm actually is that a, a, I, I couldn't remember the name of the stupid <laughs> cereal <laughs> yeah is that yabba dabba doing anything for your weight oh it's uh, uh it's you know just rising to the top baby number one well, I was hoping you guys would like my yabba dabba do joke. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't like it at all. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Man, that was great. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I wish you hadn't made it. Um, 
no, but anyway, I frequently see Nerf walking around. He just has one of those, it's like a cartoon bone with a bunch of red meat around it. Yeah, it's like one of those gargantuan turkey drumsticks or like a big ham or something. It's like the thing that you have to give the monster in the original Legend of Zelda. Yeah, yeah. Some big cartoonish piece of meat. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I I do find that in my old age, I'm eating a lot more um, chicken than I used to. Like I, yeah, I, used I eat to be, a ton of chicken now. I used to be all about beef. Uh, I'm big on chicken now. I eat a fuck ton of, like, the Tyson's air-fried chicken nuggets and chicken strips. You know, I was looking for those, uh, and they don't have them where I'm at, which disappointed me because you really talked them up the other day. They're so good. I've, for the past year, I've, I've... If we ever find out that there are, like, trace amounts of anything bad in Tyson's chicken nuggets, I will die. Because just I, drop dead on the spot of the right. announcement. Yeah, yeah, because I, w- I will definitely... If they say, like, but it's not really a problem because you would need to eat, like, 5,000 of these to get a lethal dose, like, I'll die. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the Futurama joke when Bender cooks them food. And they go, oh, my God, this is terrible. He's like, oh, they put 90% of a lethal dose of salt in it. You'll be fine. Right. And then Zoidberg says, oh, I shouldn't have gotten the seconds. <laughs> 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 so that's going to be you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do eat a lot more chicken now uh, than I used to. Uh, it's great used... you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I put that with my PB2, and it's all good to right. go. Chocolate PB2, a but... little bit of chicken nugget. <laughs> yeah. Um, Air fried only. Yeah, because, I mean, I, you know, I'll just buy chicken breasts, and I'll cook them for something or whatever. I used to buy a lot of steak and cook that, because I love steak, and I would just put it in everything. Mm. Um, but... Uh, I don't really, like you said earlier, as a single man, I don't really need to quibble over prices that much. But what I have noticed is that it costs me way less to do grocery shopping now that I don't buy barely any red meat. Really, I haven't bought any red meat in a couple months now. Oh, see, I live in the mainland US, and so it costs me $800 to buy groceries. Yeah, my grocery bill is is very, very cheap. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that not happening anymore. It's, It's pretty insane. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually haven't seen big jumps in prices uh for food like still, that's still pretty yeah. cheap where i'm at that's where i notice inflation is buying groceries um where you know i'll i because i i'm one of those guys that well frankly i'm not as good about this as i should be but i you know my my model that i should be sticking to is i do most of my shopping at costco and then i supplement that with like runs for small or specific items at the closest grocery store and uh, you know, in in practice, I, I do much less at Costco than I should if I wanted to be like, you know, more efficient. But when I go to the grocery store and pick up a couple of days worth of food, I, I wind up paying like I, I'm I never fail to be surprised at the register by how much this shit costs. Right. Um, and it's funny because, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I was totally like I would just totally ignore prices like i would just with regard to grocery shopping i mean i I would buy whatever i wanted to buy in terms of groceries and just you know didn't even try to be efficient about it um you know within the past year or so i've i've gotten much more conscious of like okay you know i'm gonna get what i want to get but let's try to be like reasonable and get deals where i can and that kind of thing and like fuck groceries are expensive right now the thing that would get me about Costco, uh, and this is a problem when I lived in Hawaii, uh, where things go bad in like two seconds because it takes so long for it all to get there. Yeah. 
I love Costco, but if you're buying things that are perishable, unless you've got like a family of 12, then like there's no way you're going to get through these like the the portion sizes that they give you. Yeah, yeah, that's oh. that's where Costco falls down for me. It's that and Costco doesn't stock consistently with a lot of items. Um and so be you know being a, a creature of habit, I am one of those dudes who like you know, I'll go through a phase where I just I want to eat the same thing every day. Um and you know, especially if I'm doing like kind of weekend meal prep for the week, I make, you know, a big pot of something and I eat that all week. Um and I'll get used to it, and I want to go back and get more of it. And at Costco, there's just no guarantee that what was there last time is going to be there this time. Um, and so, I don't like that. I can't count on Costco. Right. The thing that gets me, I uh, this is when I lived in Hawaii. Um, I was still drinking at the time, and one of my favorite drinks was Corona with lime. Mm. Love yep. Corona with lime. This is a classic. So... Normally, I would just go down to the little grocery store where I lived, and I would just, you know, get a, a couple limes um, so that I could slice them up and drop them in my beer, and life is good. Well, every once in a while, they wouldn't have limes for whatever reason. And so I'd be like, ah, like my only other option is Costco. So I go to Costco, and it's like, all right, well, you can't buy a lime at Costco. You have to buy, like, a 10-pound bag of limes. Right. <laughs> um, so I'm like, well, I'm going to use like maybe four of these limes by the time these go bad. And then I'm just going to throw away almost all of this. Like, uh. Yeah. Well, what kills me now, though, is, you know, on the one hand, I I don't want to buy something I know I'm not going to use all of because then I'll wind up throwing a lot out. And that makes me feel wasteful because I'm being wasteful. Um, <laughs> it makes but, me feel wasteful because it's factually accurate. It makes accurate. me feel, but I don't. I don't care about being wasteful. I care about feeling wasteful. Um, oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, like, I know I'm wasteful. I just I don't feel the need to be reminded of it all the time. Um, but I, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, like the the bag of limes at Costco is going to cost you ten bucks, and the three limes at the grocery store is going to cost you like eight bucks. Yeah, you know? that's true. And uh, and, and so. When I go to Costco, I'm I'm kind of stuck where I go like, man, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to finish all of this, but I'll probably just buy it anyway. I don't know. And my my fallback now is if I leave it on the counter at work, someone else will eat it. Some raccoons will just come through the window and <laughs> Some grab whatever limes you didn't eat. <laughs> no, you know, and it depends on what it is. Like a lot of times people say like, oh, here's some extra fucking green beans for my garden. If anyone wants these green beans, you know, and, and like peep, those won't mysteriously disappear. But, um, you know, if, if you just leave like packages of food out, that's a little different. Like, uh, Shepard, you sent us an ungodly amount of Girl Scout cookies. I sure did. And I ate way more of them. Than I should have. Yep. Um, and Nerf ate some too. Um, and also and way is, more of them than I should have. In, in spite recall, of them I, being cookies that I don't even fucking like. Because I was just a fat ass. Not anymore. I'm extremely thin and handsome now. But how, uh, many, how many did I send you guys? Was it 40 boxes? Something like that. Something <laughs> stupid. But anyway, you know, I thought like, well, I could just leave these on the counter at work. But then I thought... If somebody else left a bunch of Girl Scout cookies out on the counter at work and said, I don't want these, or these were sent to me by an enemy who wanted to make me fat, um, <laughs> I would be suspicious of that, and I wouldn't put it in my mouth. I don't think most people would be that critical of Girl Scout cookies. 
I think you're probably right. And that's still an option. I'm still consider. Well, they're not my cookies. They're nerfs, but I'm still considering it. Yeah. So the reason why I sent so many was because uh, one of my uh, old work friends, she had posted online, like on Facebook, whatever. Hey, my daughter is doing Girl Scout cookies, Um, you know, order up. Around the same time, I got a surprise reimbursement for a work trip. I say it's Mm. a surprise because it often doesn't happen. Um, And this trip had happened like six months prior to that or something. Sure. Uh, So I wasn't expecting to get this money. And so I was like, oh, you know what? I'll just, as a meme, I will spend every dollar uh, from that reimbursement on Girl Scout cookies. But I actually didn't because the refund was for like, it was like 400 bucks or something. And I didn't realize how cheap Girl Scout cookies were. It was only like five bucks a box. And I was like, I I just like, I don't know where the, the line between funny and annoying is it but yeah, it's somewhere four hundred dollars is a lot of meme so. yeah it's 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 somewhere between 200 and 400 dollars uh, and i didn't want to try and uh stay awake thinking of what that number might be so i said yeah. i'll just spend 200 dollars on cookies and send so, them the nerve what killed me though is is like so the 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 best girl scout cookies actually i don't think they make them anymore but they were the lemon cookies um they still make them i well i i know there is a lemon cookie but I don't think it's the lemon cookie. Oh, I see. Because um, it used Girl to be, Scout you know, cookie elitist over here. Right? Yeah. I mean, Girl Scout cookie historians will know what I'm talking about. Um, but because uh, the the trick, like the ultimate, was you would put them in the freezer, um, and then you know you'd let them get nice and cold, and then you'd pour yourself a nice tall glass of milk. And you just fucking power through a sleeve and fall asleep. And that was, uh, you know, I could make a whole afternoon out of that. But we, uh, you can't get those anymore, I think. Um, and the box that you sent us had 20 of, like, two types of cookie that I really don't give a shit about. Samoas. I think it was and Thin Mints and Samoas, yeah. Thin Mints and Samoas. And I think I ate, <laughs> you know, a couple of boxes of Samoas out of just boredom. Um, the Thin Mints... I developed a taste for. I'm normally not like a big mint and chocolate guy. Um, like I don't like. What am I thinking? Peppermint patties. Sure. Um, but you're not a yeah. mint chocolate chip guy. No, I. Yeah, uh, the thin mint. The mint is a little more subtle. It's not as jarring as a York peppermint patty. You, you're definitely right about that. And actually, part of the reason I don't like mint chocolate chip is because, is because some people call it mint chip, and I, I find that irritating. It's not a good reason <laughs> not to like a flavor of ice cream, but I've never but heard true. someone say mint chip. Gonna um, get some, uh, get some good old mint chip tonight. Yeah. Well, I used to work at a place where you know we were kind of geographically isolated, and so having uh, ice cream was you know kind of a special occasion thing. And uh, there were some. Mint chocolate chip was a particularly divisive flavor, and some people annoyingly referred to it as mint chip, and it really pushed me. It, it I would say that it radicalized me. Sure. <laughs> um, whereas I am, uh, you know, frankly, I'm a fan of good old-fashioned vanilla, uh, but I also, um, I'm, I'm ready to plant my flag and say that probably the best flavor of ice cream is... Uh, well, it's a tie between banana and pistachio. I've never had banana ice cream. That sounds fantastic. I'm actually also a pretty big fan of banana ice cream. Banana I'm not a fan of banana-flavored stuff. Banana. Uh, sorry, banana-flavored stuff always 
I don't know. It always misses the mark for me. I love bananas. I eat bananas almost every day. So I, um, I, I suspect that's weird because they're this, full of sugar. You fucking hypocrite. And this, this it's might not added sugar though. You idiot. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, I suspect a reason for that, and this, this might not be right. But um, a lot of banana flavored products are based on the flavor that bananas used to have. Yes, that which no longer oh, exists. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, I forget when it was, if it was like 20 or 30 or 40 years ago, but at some point, um, I can't you know, even remember before, what it's called, but it, it's like a monocrop. Yeah. All, all banana plants are, or, you know, the danger there is they're, they're all genetically identical. And so yeah. one thing comes that they're susceptible to and they all fucking die. And so the, yep. the banana that you're referring to is extinct now. Exactly. Yeah. There was something wrong with like the old, the old strain of banana and now we're on it. We're on a new one. Yeah. You know, I will say that I think is a that's a a good thing about, you know, fucking with nature is that I love bananas. And so whatever came before it can't be better than what it is now. Um, a genetic diversity aside. Well, clearly uh, since you I, don't like that well, flavor, it's been a plus for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan best ice cream flavor. It's called Holy Cow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's vanilla ice cream with it's got like caramel in it uh, as well as I th- think it's got like chocolate chunks but then it's also got mini Reese's cups in it mm. far and away the best but you can't go wrong with classic strawberry ice cream that's where it's at hey listeners go ahead and email us an audio uh, file of you eating your flavor ice cream and we'll try to guess what it is nah that would be good go ahead and email us pictures of your favorite ice cream <laughs> on your feet yeah goopier <laughs> 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 the, the better oh yeah. my god <laughs> Uh, Jack, are you a foot guy now, or have you always been? That's uh, that's my favorite uh, fetish joke because it just <laughs> seems so absurd to me. <laughs> nice try. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God, yeah it's a joke, guys. Uh, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it ironically. Wouldn't it be funny if she emailed that milk? That uh, that uh, what am I thinking? That ice cream picture to me. Mm-hmm. Boy, we all laugh, laugh about so it. hard, and then you yeah. know, not save it. Yeah, and then take a nap after. <laughs> Uh, Fucking yeah. Email me. So, I'm. I'm also. I would say I'm generally an ice cream purist. I'm. I'm a bigger fan of ice cream that's just like a flavor of ice cream and is not some kind of, you know, combination of like different, you know, like that. You know, holy cow! It's trying to do two different, too many different things at once. But it does it so well that I'm okay with it. I like French vanilla ice cream. I think that's I- a sign of like advanced age. When you can finally <laughs> sure. say like, "Oh yeah, I really actually appreciate a good vanilla." That's uh, when you know you've, yeah. you've kind of you've rounded a corner and your twilight years are not far away. Yeah, or you're in the midst of them already. Yeah. Well, it's because you're you're like that's the brown one, right? Like I can't even remember. <laughs> right. Well, isn't that the joke about vanilla though? Is that it is like it at one time was like a mark of it, this is like the the most rare and you know. It's a delicacy, vanilla, so, and now it's compared as it's comparatively boring. People use vanilla to describe things that are like standard and boring. Yeah, well, I, two things there. First of all, vanilla beans are extremely fucking expensive. Um, second, uh, I think it's a case of like people confusing the standard with being boring. Like the van- the reason people think vanilla is boring is because it's so supreme that it's just become like a default it's like it's like the iphone um 
where I, you know, it, it like it's the defining smartphone, like it's the original kind of, of the form factor that we have smartphones in now. Um, it's you know the device that kind of put us there, which is not to say that there aren't other smartphones that are better in other ways, but you know, I, I think if you were if you didn't see that change happen in phones, it would be easier for you to say like iPhones are so you know boring and they're just like every other phone. And it's like no, no, this is like de definitional of phones. It's revolutionary. It's just it's almost been like that, people you know, who compare modern music groups to the Beatles and like yeah, they're so much better than the Beatles. Beatles really aren't that great. Right. Um, I know Nerf hates the Beatles. Oh yeah, they're the worst. Um, you know, uh, Foo Fighters definitely uh, improved on the Beatles' work. I think Dark Souls is a lot better than the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm I'm willing to debate anyone on that point. Uh, sure. And <laughs> um, we'll make a podcast out of it. You can uh, email your email uh, us if you want to debate me on that at uh, lateafternoongaming at gmail dot com. Uh huh. And maybe I'll check it sometime this year. Mm. yeah you're just talking about comparing dark souls to everything just reminds me of something funny i saw the other day on youtube which i won't get too into the video in particular but this guy he had posted like a it was like a five hour long video uh as a retrospective of every lord of the rings video game that's ever come out oh my god um which i watched the whole yes. thing it was kind of interesting it's a lot but, of game boy advance games i bet sure <laughs> but the the funniest thing to me was just the name of his channel which i thought was really great which is just called i finished a video game <laughs> um <laughs> and i thought that was funny because like and it, i i love video games and i have for a long time and i i like watching stuff like vati video and like lore stuff from dark souls and whatever and so my feed often fills up with all of these retrospectives and video essays about video games and it the thing that i thought was funny about the name of the channel being i finished a video game is it really does seem like every other guy who finishes a video game feels like they need to put out a half hour long essay defending the video game or talking about something interesting about it or whatever and most of it out there is just totally garbage, but, like, I do watch enough of it that I, you know, I fall victim to it. I just thought the name was very funny. Holy <laughs> like, crap. Well, I finished video the video is, game, so clearly is, I must watch this. This video is five hours. Yeah, I watched the whole damn thing. <laughs> um, but, uh, Wait, like, Nerf, you don't have five hours to spend on a, a video about <laughs> Lord of the Rings video, video about games. video games? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, like I said, I'm I'm currently two days into 18 days off. So, <laughs> if you, you think I'm gonna be, you know, properly using that time the right. whole time, you're crazy. He's scraping the top of the barrel right now. That's at the yeah, top. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's at the bottom? We'll find out during this session. I'm watching a two-day video on on five-day video games. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm gonna watch a in-depth video about like the order. Uh, whatever that order 1866 or whatever it's called that the game only takes like eight hours to beat but it's gonna be a 12 hour video about it mm. it was a it was a weird game i love that game i can't wait for them to make a sequel i no, i have something for you to do i uh i have been listening to like well i, I don't know why but recently i've just been curious about true crime um wow that's so unique I, yeah it's i would say it's a defining feature of me is that I have recently become curious in true crime. Um, and I was looking up, like, hey, what are some good audio podcasts about this? And I, one of the first ones I found was called Unresolved. And this dude has so many 
high quality podcasts out on like individual cases. I have I've spent I don't know how many hours just binging the content. It's really good. Um, don't know anything about the guy that makes it, but he does a great job. It's very thorough. Uh, highly recommend it. Unresolved. I listened to part of one of them. I stopped listening halfway through because, and maybe this is because I was listening to it on podcasts as opposed to the YouTube videos or whatever. There were so many ads. It was like 10 minutes straight of ads in the middle of this episode uh, that I I quit listening. I was like, I, I don't even know if I got to the end of this because there's so many ads. I, I haven't noticed that many ads. Like if you, if you listen to the YouTube video instead, then yeah, there won't be any. Um, yeah, and, and that was probably it. But yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm out. This is this is too much. So there, there's a particular topic there that I'm fascinated in, and I, I just actually the reason I discovered this specific podcast was because I I had learned about. Have you guys ever heard of the Metcalf substation attack? No, no. Okay. Well, you know, in a nutshell, there was this electrical substation that was attacked, and I think the 2010s, maybe it's a little earlier than that. Um, and, uh, anyway, this, um, like, there, there was this seemingly very well-planned and executed attack on this electrical substation in California, like a substation that feeds power to, I think, Silicon Valley, um, where, like, some guys or some, some person or persons, like, opened up a manhole, cut some fiber optic lines, and then use rifles to like shoot out cooling units from behind a fence and you know, at a transformer station to like take down this like section of the grid um, and get away like right before police arrived. Um, the police showed up because they were called in because there were sounds of shooting, um, but they didn't notice anything wrong. And like slowly the system just began to overheat because they had like very precisely shot out the cooling systems. Um, and there was all kinds of speculation after the fact that, you know, this was like, a, you know, may, maybe this was like a dress rehearsal for a future attack or it illustrated a lot of vulnerability of the grid or maybe it was like a red cell thing where, you know, inside, like, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, it, it's a really interesting issue because it, it uh, but I was looking for more content on that and unresolved had like an hour long very thorough look at it we'll post um, a link yeah post a link i well i, I think i did actually but we'll we can post one as well you want to just send it directly to me so i don't have to bother oh yeah i wouldn't want you to have to search metcalf substation on youtube so no. i'll uh i'll send you a link. all right and with that let's go ahead and transition into the session after we take a quick break because i need to pee very badly <laughs> okay 